Hi, welcome to the Gospel of Kennison, episode 172, brought to you the week of August 24th, 2022. I'm your host. My name is James Kennison. Welcome to my personal audio journal, brought to you by our patrons with special thanks to Carrie Wright, Carrie Bernhardt, and Wesley Gill. Become a sponsor today and help out the show at patreon.com slash GOK. Well, I I got news for you. First of all, I'm not I'm not really up since um since about Sunday of this this week and today's Wednesday. Uh I've been feeling kind of poopy. Been feeling kind of down and I didn't feel like recording this today, but um I have a new attitude about such things, which I will go into in a little bit. I will uh, start off with some news for those of you that are interested in such things. You may recall me talking about a guy that I nicknamed Dang It. Well, Dang It, um, I told you, was a guy that worked with me at Chick-fil-A. He He had been there a little longer than me. I told you that he was lazy. I told you that he was not Chick-fil-A material. And I told you that I was worried that he was going to maybe offend or cause, offend one of the ladies or cause some sort of trouble because he would blast out in anger randomly. Well, um, the end of the dang it story is that dang it quit. Uh, I, there's no, it's so anticlimactic. It's not even funny. I was just, I was at work the other week and I just happened to ask about him. I'm like, where's, where's dang it. And, uh, the couple of the people kind of looked at each other and one of them said, he walked off the job on Friday. And I was like, Oh, I'm wanting more information. I, dug a little deeper and said, how did, how does that work? They said, I don't know. We, he was over in breading, you know, where they bred the chicken. We asked him to go to the line, which is about 30 feet from breading. And, uh, he never showed up there. (laughs) So somewhere between breading and where you hand people fries through the slots, um, he got lost. I'm convinced he's still living inside the building somewhere. <laughs> Cause I told you he looked like a homeless guy. Um, he just, he just does. Okay. Hate me if you want to, for saying that, you know what homeless guys look like. It's not like they're trying to hide their homelessness. They want you to know they're homeless so that you will help them. Um, but dang it. Dang. It was about three steps from looking completely homeless. Uh, but he, he just quit. He just, he just quit. Um, in the HR community, uh, that's called what they, some, some lady told me it was called vocation. Um, (laughs) oh, I can't remember vocation, something, something funny. Uh, uh, what do you, what do you do when you leave your kids? Abandonment, vocational abandonment. That's what it was. And I, I kind of got a chuckle out of that. But 
I'm glad on one hand that there wasn't a big drama. I'm glad he didn't hurt anybody's feelings. I'm glad he just disappeared into the night as it were. Um, but you know, the drama in me, the, the, I wanted a better story. You know what I'm saying? I wanted it. I wanted that explosion. I just didn't want him to hurt anybody's feelings. You know, you can have an explosion happen and everybody just kind of laughs it off, you know, that kind of thing. So anyway, have I ever mentioned that, uh, I see a counselor. I think I mentioned that I was going to, like, it was one of my goals in life, but, uh, yeah, I, I actually see a counselor now. I see her every two weeks and, um, I haven't mentioned it on the show. Um, mostly because sometimes I just wait to see if things are going to work out, you know, before I bring it up. I don't, I don't need to be bringing up stuff and then never talk about it again. And you guys are like, okay, James quits everything that he starts. I pretty much, pretty much do. But, um, no, I, I, it just took a while. They didn't have any spaces when I signed up. And uh, I got to put on a waiting list and they finally called me up and, and I got assigned, uh, they asked me if I wanted a male or a female. And I said, female, I don't know. I don't know if I really have a preference. It just sounded, you know, it's kind of like when they ask you, do you want your receipt or not? There's no real reason. Sometimes I say, yes, I want my receipt. And sometimes I say no, and it's completely arbitrary. Sometimes I, I always ignore it. I don't ever use the thing. And I think if you had asked me on a different day, I would have said a dude. But I don't know. There's just something. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I Right now, I prefer talking to a lady. I think women are wise. And, uh, you know, I, I think with a man... I'm, I'm less comfortable and that's probably because of my upbringing. You know, I've outlived two, two father figures in my life and neither one of them were worth looking up to. So, uh, you know, I don't know. That's a whole podcast in and of itself right there. Isn't it? That's the deep, dark reasons why I chose a female, but I, I got a female and, um, she's a nice lady. Um, she doesn't deserve a nickname or anything. Um, her, 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 her she's, I'm not going to tell you her name. <laughs> I almost did. Um, but, but at least one of you might look her up. So I don't, I don't want that. Um, but she's a nice lady and she's smart and she listens and, uh, she likes me. Um, the last counselor I went to, I just had it in my head that she didn't like me very much. And I, I could never, could never get past that. And I, I need you to like me if you're going to try to fix me, you know? So in, in our last session, we've talked about many things. Uh, we've had three in our last section session. I, I finally opened up about my job and I kind of talked to her about some of the stuff I've talked about on the show about the job 
about how I feel like it's important for me to have one and I feel like it's doing good things for me, but how I'm still stuck on this whole thing of it's kind of embarrassing to work in fast food. And I, I think that's, I think it's ridiculous. I, I, I do, but it's the way I feel. And so it's, it's got a legitimacy that I have to deal with, you know? Um, whether it's right or wrong, it's my reality. And I wish I didn't feel that way. And I'm going to try to make some things happen to change the way I feel about it. But I, I feel like a loser working fast food. You know, I'm, I'm 49 years old. You know, I, I feel like a loser. So I thought that was something that I should bring up. And, um, you know, long story short, she said something about progress and I don't even think she realized she said it, but I stopped her and I says, you know what? I, I realized something just now because of what you said that I've been seeing this job. I mean, I, I, I see my life like a puddle of mud and it's just what I roll around in. And, um, you know, in that puddle of mud is, you know, friends and podcasting and family and, you know, sleep and sitting around the house doing nothing. You know, it's, it's just my life. And it's, it's what I've been doing for the last 10 years. It's just wallowing around in this, this mud hole and the job I've kind of seen it as a new mud hole that I added on and, and it's, it's just more stress and, and anxiety that I have to try to deal with. And it's like, why in the world did I do this to myself? Because, you know, it, it's been a struggle, but she said something about progress and she basically said that every time I have a successful day where I put in my hours and I walk toward the car that I have made progress and that kind of changed what I thought of, you know, you can't think of a mud pit as progress you know, progress is like candy land. You know, there's, you roll the dice, it lands on a color, you go forward to that color on the on the board there's progress being made every time you roll and that helped me so much because i'd forgotten some of the reasons that i got this job i didn't get this job to add stress to my life i didn't get it to um i i well it, I didn't get it to fail at something. I got it because I had energy that was being unused. I didn't know what to do with my day. I wasn't sleeping all the time. I was feeling better, not perfect, but less depressed, less anxious. And I wanted to see if I could handle the job. Nobody forced me. Nobody asked me. Nobody expected it. And that's why. And so it is every day that I go in is a step 
in the right direction. It is progress on a game board versus wallering in a pit that I just added a new pit to that I go waller in every now and then, you know, um, it, it's not a bunch of, of stress and anxiety in a hole with mud and dirt. It is, um, it is progress. And so I was about to quit <laughs> counseling because I was like, I have nothing to talk to her about. I thought I needed counseling. I don't need counseling. Apparently, I don't need it because I'm not getting anything out of it. And then she said that. And I was like, okay, maybe I need counseling. Maybe I need to stick it out. Next time we're, we get together, we're going to talk about how I don't like myself very much. And I told her, I said, are you ready to work? <laughs> you ready to sweat for the first time in your, uh, in your career? Because... This is, this is a job right here. The last counselor I talked to about not liking myself, I, I quit because I couldn't handle it. It's a deep-seated thing that James is a loser and a bum. And uh, it, is, it is a huge thing. I mean, even as I say it, the feelings it dredges up is, is ooh. So um, that should be fun. I'll, I'll have to follow back up and tell you how that goes. Cause, uh, I, I remember saying on this podcast that, that I've hated myself in the past and then how, when I started taking my medication, my, my miracle 10 milligrams, how everything changed. And all of a sudden I liked James very much and everything was wonderful. Well, yeah, I was high. Apparently I was, I was over stimulated because things have kind of, you know, settled in now and, um, James is back to, I don't hate myself, but I, I, I don't like myself at all. And that's, you know, one of the reasons why when you guys write in and you say nice things about the podcast or me, that's why I don't always respond. That's the real reason because I don't believe what you're saying. Um, and I can't receive it. Because I can't believe that anything that I would say or do would have any importance or value to anyone who would listen to it. Um, I only do it, though, because you guys do keep saying that you get something out of it. And I don't believe it or understand it, but uh, but I do it because you say it. And, and I don't think you're lying. So, you know, there's logic there somewhere but um but yeah that's gonna be it's gonna be work it's gonna be work i i I talked to her about the hardest part of my job and it's just it's getting up and getting ready in the morning once i get there i'm fine once i get there i'm fine um and it's not getting up like tired getting up like I'm too tired and, and I'm slow and blah, blah, blah. It's, it's not that I, I, I've been sleeping most of the time very well. Every now and then I get stressed out, have a panic attack, can't sleep till four in the morning. You know, those, those, those are some rough days, but most of the time I go to bed around eight o'clock now and I lay there for a couple of hours until I pass out about 10, 10 30. And I do that um, so that I will have eight hours of sleep. So, so it's not that. What it is is I'm embarrassed, and I wear a uniform to to work, 
and I ask 22 to 24 year old people if I can go to the bathroom, you know, it, it is a humbling experience. And I likened it to a clown, you know, a clown has a place, but when he puts on his makeup and he gets in his car and he's driving to that place, he's got to feel stupid, you know, cause every, every stop sign, every stoplight, somebody's pointing, Oh, there's a clown in the next car. Oh! Now when he gets to the party or wherever he's supposed to be, it's fine. It's great. He feels wonderful. He feels like he's part of it. It's supposed to be. That's it. But till he gets there, he feels stupid. Everything about him is ridiculous. And I said, that's the way I feel when I put on my outfit, my uniform. And bless her heart, she she says, uh, well, maybe you should try thinking of it in a different way. Like, what is something that you could think of that would help you to not see it as an embarrassing thing. She says, she starts to say, well, Jesus. And I, I latched onto that quick. I said, Oh man. Yeah. Jesus is example of emptying himself into the form of a man. That's, that's actually really insightful. I said, because yeah, I mean, it's like he dumped himself into a trash bag and lived around in it for, 33 years, you know, that she says, well, actually I was thinking more of like the towel that he wrapped around himself when, um, he was washing the disciples feet, you know, cause of the servant thing. And I said, oh yeah, that works too. I'll try that. And I did, I tried it the next day I was at work. I was, you know, I'd been feeling stupid. And I'm like, well, now I'm wearing a towel, nothing but a towel. <laughs> And I, I knew that that wouldn't work for me because I was way too happy imagining myself just being in a towel. Um, and, and I know, I know he, he just wrapped around himself as a servanthood thing. It wasn't that he was just in a towel, but, um, it's, it's where my mind went, you know, that's what is the curse of being James is, is it's just that way. So, um, so anyway, so counseling was Wednesday and then I felt down Sunday and Monday, just didn't go to church on Sunday, slept in, made a deal with my wife to go to Goodwill and take a bunch of stuff from the house as a trade off. And she was nice enough to let me stay. And then Monday was just miserable. Usually my wife works at home on Mondays. I have somebody in the house, but it was a day off and it was supposed to be relaxing and it was just miserable. And I should have known in advance that things would be rough Tuesday morning when I went into work. Um, but, but I don't know. I never know, you know, uh, two days of bad feeling bad. Doesn't mean that the third day is going to be bad. Um, there's no predicting it. There's, there's no way to forecast it. And so Tuesday morning I got up and I just felt like garbage, absolute garbage. And this was yesterday morning, this was yesterday morning. And I texted in, I called in basically and texted my boss and said, I'm sorry. I, I feel like absolute crap. I'm depressed. I can't get out of bed. I can't function. I can't come in today. I'm sorry. And, uh, 
later that day, he texted me back. He says, can you come in at two o'clock so we can talk about this? And it took me two hours of panic attacks to be able to respond to that. So I didn't know if I just wanted to quit right away. I didn't know what the meeting would be like. I didn't know if you'd drag the big boss in. I didn't know if there would be a group of people, you know, like managers waiting to tell me off. I was expecting the worst. I was expecting the absolute worst. And, um, I talked it over with my wife and, and she, I even asked her to come. I knew it was stupid, but I was just so scared. I was so intimidated because I mean, I couldn't even go in the first time, much less the second time, but I somehow or another talked myself into it. I just, I don't know, just flatly decided that I needed to face this and that running away was worse than facing it. And so I texted him back and said, I'll, I'll be there at two. You know, that's when he said, and so I got ready, got a shower and everything. And he said, you can come at one So I came at one and I sat in the restaurant in the back where we usually have meetings and I texted him. I said, I'm here in the back table. There's no response. So I got up and walked to the kitchen and he was right inside the door. And I just said, Hey, I'm just letting you know I'm here. And he says, I'll be out there in a minute. And I was like, Oh, that's not good. That's not good at all. That's, you know, and I'm, I'm reading into it, reading into his tone. Um, but he was on the phone and I wasn't in uniform. So, you know, it was probably just very awkward because when he came and sat down, the first thing he said was, what can we do to help you? That wasn't what I expected to hear at all. And because already they've done more than my church did for me when I had depression 10 years ago. Or actually add, yeah, it's about 10 years. So long story short, um, I sat there and told him, I don't know what else you can do. I said, this is just where I'm at. I, I, I don't know. I, I want to do a good job. I want to be a star pupil. Um, I don't want to feel like I do. Um, I don't want to be inconsistent. I don't want to be unpredictable. I want to be dependable. I, I want things to be different than they are, but they're just not. And this is what happens once in a while. And so far it's happened twice since I started working there. I don't know how much I've shared on the show. So I just, you know, it's happened twice. It's been, it, I've been there a month and a half and it's happened twice. So then the, then the big boss came by and sat down and I was just horrified because I had no idea what he was going to say. And he's, he's just got a no nonsense kind of personality. He's friendly, but I don't know him. You know what I'm saying? So I don't, I've never, 
I've never let it just when you let men down, it's, it, it's, it's not a good thing. You know, when you let a man down, it's, it's typically met with hostility. So I was just expecting the worst. And he basically said the same thing over is what can we do to help you? And I said the same thing again. I don't know what else you can do other than what you've already done. And he, he says, well, he says, I only, I don't want to stress you out. I don't want to freak you out. He says, I just want to say this. He says, I, I want you to, to hopefully see this building as a refuge. And, and I'm paraphrasing, but he said, you know, basically what he was saying to me and what I heard was, is he, cause he didn't say all this, but this is what I heard is you stay home when you're stressed out. And, and when the, the depression gets you, you stay home, you stay in your bed because it's a place of refuge. It's a place where there's no stress. There's a place, it's a place where you come, you go to feel less of what you're feeling. And he basically said, I want you to see the restaurant as that. He said, I, and he did say, I don't see this as a business. He said, this is the ministry part of it. He said, we're a family a ministry. And I want this to be a place where you can come when you're feeling like that and know that you'll be safe. Can you believe that? Somebody would have the insight to say something like that. Something a pastor couldn't even say to me. So, if you don't eat at Chick-fil-A, <laughs> I'm not your friend anymore. <laughs> at least at least the one in, in South County. You you should go you should patronize it. Um because I I don't know. So many times I have conversations with people. And I think they're going a certain way. And then I walk away from them and I th rethink it in my head. And I'm like, that's not what they meant at all. They meant something completely different. And I'll, I'll even get offended after the fact because I didn't realize, you know, I, I was giving them the benefit of the doubt and, and they weren't saying what I thought they were saying at all. And here's, here's a conversation I had that lasted all of 15 seconds. And the longer I sit with it, the, I don't want to use the word sweet, but I have to, even though we're talking about man stuff, it's like the sweetest thing anybody's ever said to me. And they don't want to let me go. He kept, you know, the manager guy kept talking about how much of like a family I was there and how the people like me and, how good I am at my job and you know, all this stuff. And, uh, so after the meeting, I got in the car and I just prayed. And I'm, I'm, my big prayer is God help me to stop being embarrassed by this job. You know, whatever that is, if it's pride or if it's, you know, whatever it is, 
whether it's reliving the past and feeling like I'm back in 1994 again, working at Wendy's cause I'm a loser. You know, I, I don't, I don't know what it is, but you know, Wednesday I had it in my head that the job was progress, you know? And by Tuesday morning, it was, it was just that mud pit again. And so that's been my prayer. And if you're a person that prays for me, and some of you are, um, pray, pray for that. I don't, I don't even know how you would pray for that. Just, just literally help James stop being embarrassed of his job. You know, um, you know, I don't know what you would tell me to my face about this topic. If you were to talk to me, you know, James, get over yourself, James, you think you're too good for this, but you're not. Um, you know, James, you, uh, you're a spoiled butthole. I don't, I don't know what you would say. Um, but I've talked about this enough to where it is a real issue. It, it is for me. And I, uh, I need to stop it though. And so I've also adopted the attitude of Nike. Just do it. And, um, that was, that was kind of the, the ending of my prayer is just committing to, to that as a concept of no matter what I feel like, just do it. Just, just get in the shower, put the outfit on, go to the job. Because once you get to the job, you don't care anymore. Once you get to the job, it doesn't matter what mood you're in. Once you get to the job, it's fine. Everything seems to be fine. You you function, you don't struggle at the job. You just struggle before the job. And and see it as a place of refuge. A place where I can cut up and and have fun and talk to friends and I'm just not used to that, you see? Because in Florida, when I lost my job, when I came out, so to speak, about being depressed, I lost everybody. I lost every friend I had. I lost every leader I had. I lost every peer I had. I lost my job. My kids lost their school. <sighs> so anyway, I, I'm just, I'm just going to do it. And I started that very day, um, Tuesday, yesterday, Red School Bus. That's when I record Red School Bus. Funny, happy little show for kids that's kind of like that story show. And I didn't want to do it. I wasn't feeling it. It was a rough day. It was, a, it was you know, I didn't go to work. I got called in at two, you know, had to have this heart to heart. But I sat down and I wrote up the the daggum notes and I I called John and asked if his son could record and I did the daggum show. And and it was progress. It was a step in the right direction. Speaking of which, that red school bus is the show I'm talking about. 
Red School Bus has gotten two pieces of, uh, I don't know, adver free advertising, I guess. We we got put on up parent, a parent. It's supposed to be a parent, but it's up parent dot com. And we got uh, put in an article as a great show for teenagers, which we're not, but still advertising for free article. It helps with Google and stuff. And then um, I got a thing on Twitter that uh, Cherry Pickers, which is, I think, a app that uh, you, you tell it some of the podcasts that you like, and it shares other podcasts that you will also like, chose us, uh, Red School Bus, as a top pick and shared that on their Twitter. And so, of course, it would be Red School Bus and not the show I've worked on for 16 years. But it's all right. We'll take what we can get. It's a niche, I suppose. And it's uh, it's a good niche to be in. So, uh, so anyway, I did the show. And, and so we have one more show up. And it was an important to do the show. It was because we're, got, we're getting... In theory, new listeners because of these uh, these advertisements that we didn't even pay for. Um, you know, it, it's it's good. So it was a good thing to do. So again, if you're a prayer person, even if you just do it once, you don't even have to do it multiple times. Just pause the podcast and say, "Dear God, please help James stop being embarrassed." Go to work. Just help him, help him to um, to be okay with himself. Because really, it's about me. It's not. It's not the job. It's 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 shame. I mean, and I don't know where it comes from. I don't know why. Because when I was working at Wendy's all those years ago, it was the same thing. I felt shame, and it was a job. And I was working and there's no reason I should have felt shame about holding down a job. No, not, especially not then when I was young and that kind of job was made for people like me. Um, but I just felt, I felt so down and out and so against myself. And now I feel that way again and I know it's wrong. So I don't know. Okay. Let's turn, let's turn the, turn the show around a little bit um uh i've got a funny story about work um i'm just you know i've already talked about how i have to ask permission from 21 to 24 year olds to go to the bathroom um but that never became more evident than the other day when i was just doing my job i was flipping eggs and just seemingly out of nowhere, half the staff of the back room starts singing the Little Einstein's theme song. Climb aboard, get ready to explore. There's so much to find. Little Einstein's, come on, let's go. Little Einstein's, yeah. And I said, wait a freaking minute. Do not tell me that all of you guys were that age for watching that show when it was on and they're like yep we were <laughs> i'm like i used to watch that with my daughter when she was three and they're like well we were six and seven 
when we watched it. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so old. And they still talk about it. They bring it up. They love to, to make fun of the old guy. So, yeah, maybe you feel old now, too. The stinking kids that watch Little Einsteins are, are working in college age and marrying age now. It's It's nuts. It's nuts. So... I also realized that I'm never talking English to my dogs again. They don't understand English. Um, you might say, well, my dog does. Well, that's great for you. My dogs don't. They, according to my family, they understand their name. They understand you want to go out, like the word out probably. Uh, and they say they understand the word treat. Well, I don't use any of those words when I'm talking to the dogs, but I have used English in the past, and I realized that they listen to gibberish just as well as English. So when I open the door, if I say, they hear, do you guys need to go out? And um, they trot themselves right outside the door, no matter what I said. And when I open the door, I say, and they come in. And uh, for, as far as they're concerned, I said, come on in, guys. It's free for you to come and live with us. So please continue to take up space and uh, make our carpets smell like dogs. Um, so anyway, I'm not wasting words on dogs anymore. Um, you know, I'll, I'll use them on my kids and my, my wife and here on the podcast. But English is, is not, I don't need to waste time thinking up sentences to say. Especially if I'm mad at them, just a good magic will do. You know, I think they get the point. And if if I'm feeling nice, I can do the same thing. And they they will love it. They will think great things. And who needs the word treat? If I ever give them a treat, which I probably never will. Um, they don't need to hear the word treat. They will hear the crinkling of the wrapper, which is what I think they understand the most anyway. So there you go. Um, another quick tidbit, uh, that I found out because of work. There's this lady that works at Chick-fil-A and she's from Bosnia and she speaks very little English. And, um, she makes the biscuits and she puts them in the oven and then she pokes me on the shoulder and asks me to turn on the oven for her. And before I knew she was Bosnian and before I knew she didn't speak much English, I was kind of irritated. Like, who the freaking, why can't she freaking push her own buttons? Well, since I've worked there, obviously I found out several things that if you don't speak English, you certainly don't read it. And also a lot of the ladies that make the biscuits. And even when I made the biscuits, your gloves get nasty and, and tacky and full of, uh, uh, flour. And you don't want to touch the buttons because it'll stick and you'll leave behind particulates, you know, and it's not good. It's hard to clean off when it dries. So there's many reasons for her not to have done that. But I thought, you know what? 
I could at least learn the word for biscuit in Bosnian. And that way, when she comes up and she said, and, and she kind of put motions for me to push the buttons, I could at least say the word biscuit in her language and it might make her day. And so I looked it up on Google translate and the word that it came out with was Keck. K E K Keck. And so I was ready. I memorized it and I kind of put a little verbal thing in my head that it sounds like cake. Cake is like biscuits. Keck. Keck. I can do this. And so before I tried it out on her, though, I wanted to talk to my manager because he's Bosnian too, but he speaks fluent English. It's his first language. You can tell he was raised here. He's has no accent to speak of or anything like that, he, but he can speak fluently with her as well. So, um, so I go up to him and I said, yeah, I, 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 I want to talk to you about this word and, and, uh, and, and, and find out if, cause, and I told him the story, you know, she wants me to push the buttons. I, I don't know what to say to her. So I w- at least want to find out. Uh, I found out how to say something in Bosnia and I want to run it past you and find out if it's legit. And, and he says, sure. What is it? And I said, keck. And he goes, Oh, crackers. I'm like, no, no, that's supposed to be biscuit. He goes, dude, there's no word for biscuit in Bosnian. There's really no translation. I was like, freaking Google translate is a liar. Freaking liar. Dude, couldn't just tell me there's no direct translation. It had to make up a word. Cracker is keck. Crackers. Keckers. I don't know. But I just, oh, I'm so glad I ran it past him. Could you imagine? She comes up to me. And she taps me on the shoulder because the biscuits are in the oven. And she knows the word for biscuit, but she doesn't know how it's spelled, doesn't recognize it on a on a you know a foreign uh readout there. And I and and so the white boy says crackers. <laughs> just I just started say, saying crackers to her. <laughs> and she like, what the heck is wrong with this boy? He's, he's gone. Crackers, all right. He is keck. He is, he is keckers. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I doubt they modify their, their, their nouns like we do. So anyway, trans, Google Translate is a lie. Just, just letting y'all know. Don't trust it. Not with Bosnian anyway. Because if there isn't a word, they're going to give you a replacement word. And you're going to sound really dumb. So I'm so glad <laughs> I didn't say crackers to her. Because <laughs> the look on her face would have been priceless. But, oh, oh, I dodged a bullet. And that's good. Um, I, uh, a couple episodes ago, maybe it was last episode, I talked about getting some new clothes. And I got some new clothes. I got them from Stitch Fix. I'm not sponsored in any way. I wish it was because I believe in them. Oh my goodness. It's, uh, it's so easy for somebody like me to get new clothes. Um, 
because I don't like shopping and I don't like uh, the stress of being a fat guy in a skinny man's world. Cause you go to the stores, you know, the Coles, the mall, and they don't have clothes for triple X guys. They just don't. And, and the, the stuff they do have is, is terrible. And, uh, so anyway, I, I just love the fact that I can go on a website, I type in my sizes. They only show me stuff that fits me and it all looks good. And, they pick out outfits. They send them to me. So I've gotten a couple pairs of jeans. I've gotten a couple shirts. And um, it feels good. It feels good to dress up when I go on dates with my wife. Um, she feels like she has to dress up more. And I keep trying to tell her, sweetie, I was in jeans and a t-shirt. That's, it's, I don't know. That's It's like the minimum. That's survival clothes, you know? His, his jeans and a t-shirt. Uh, it was whatever I could buy on the internet without any, without any measurements. Cause I got my jeans off target.com and I just typed in sizes 3830, you know? And then for my t-shirts, I bought them online and I would just get triple X, you know? And, and that was the, that's all I had to do. And, uh, so basically I'm, I'm getting to do the same thing, except I'm getting real clothes again. And, uh, so, so it feels good. It feels good. I, I, I look better. I feel more put together. I don't feel like such a bum. And, uh, so anyway, yeah, if, if you're in the market for a good clothing deal, uh, with stitch fix, let me know. I, I, cause I said, I'm not a, I'm not shilling them or anything but i think there's a deal that if you sign up with my email or whatever it, that we both get twenty dollars off or something like that so i'm, I'm all for that so if you want to try it um let's get into what i'm watching and reading and stuff like that um i haven't done this for a while and, uh, I'm playing, um, video games that I haven't played. Like I have a bad habit. I have a lot of bad habits. One of them is I buy video games on steam, uh, on my computer and then I don't play them. And I, I, maybe you're like that with books, you buy books and you don't read them, you know, or you intend to, uh, you get them from the library and then you return them unread. I'm kind of like that, but with video games. And uh, they'll have sales, and I'll get them really cheap. And then I intend to play them, and I don't. And so I've put my foot down, my own foot down on my own self, and said, no more new games until you've played all of the old ones that you bought that were good. And so I'm playing Batman Arkham Knight instead of the new Spider-Man game. Because it's similar meaning you get to feel like Batman instead of Spider-Man. It's a good game and I'm enjoying it. You play with a controller instead of a mouse and keyboard. That makes it a lot easier. So that's good. I'm playing Far Cry 5, which uh, it's a series of games. I've played, I want to say, four. And uh, I played Primal. 
and I played Dragon, I think. I don't know. It's It was like a retro futuristic kind of version of it. Anyway, Far Cry 5, if you know, if you're familiar with the format of Far Cry 5, it deviates very little. You're, you're in a situation where bad guys have taken over an area of land on the map and you go through and you try to um, overthrow them and take their territory and uh, you do a lot of shooting and fighting and, you know, it's fun in spurts. Matter of fact, everything I'm doing is in spurts. I don't sit down and play for hours. I, I get overwhelmed and it, it, when it's not fun anymore, I turn it off. Um, I'm watching adventure time. It's a great cartoon series. I never thought it was quite for kids. You know, it just seems a little grown up and I think it's rated TV PG. So that I would say that's appropriate. Um, but it's on Hulu and I was, I was on YouTube and somebody mentioned that adventure time is over. Like they quit making them and there was a finale and I'm like, well, I've watched through adventure time and then stopped, but I would love to see that because there's lore there's there's episodes that are just self-contained and then there's episodes that have to do with the the, the world that they're in and uh so it's it's a story where well told and i would like to see the end of it so i started at the beginning i'm skipping episodes that i'm very familiar with and i'm going to get through all of those so that's good Something I will suggest to you on Disney Plus is She-Hulk. They just came out with an episode of that last week. And the only thing I'm upset about with it is that I, there was only one episode. I wanted to watch the second episode. And sometimes they release two at a time. But it's really cute. And it's well done. And um, I like the lady that, that that's the main lady. I don't know her name. Um, but I recognized her face. And... They did a good job with the CGI and stuff, and uh, it's 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 cute. It's fun. It's a fun show. It's going to be a fun show, I think. So, uh, movie wise, my wife and I just finished last night at Soho. It's an Edgar Wright movie. Now you may not know who Edgar Wright is, but if you do know, then you know who Edgar Wright is. Edgar Wright wrote Shaun of the Dead. He wrote Hot Fuzz. He wrote um, and directed uh, World's End which is the Corneo trilogy and they're British movies and they're really good. And I love them with all my heart, but this one not only had Edgar Wright, Edgar Wright did baby driver too. If you've never seen that, it's a, it's a good flick. Um, but it has An Anya Taylor joy in it, who is one of my favorite actresses. And she was in uh, Queens gambit. If you remember that show, that television show, so, and it also has Thomas and McKenzie in it, which I realized I knew from somewhere else. So I looked her up and she's from Jojo rabbit, which is also a great movie. It's an independent film about a little kid who is a hardcore fascist and has an imaginary friend that is Hitler. And it sounds terrible, but it's so great and it will make you cry and it's not available for, streaming except unless you pay $3.99 for HD quality like at your favorite rental store whatever online rental like Amazon but Jojo Rabbit was good um, last night so in Soho turned out to be a horror movie kind of mystery kind of thing and it was all right had a good twist at the end you know but 
as I thought about it more, I was like, not a great twist. But anyway, it was like watching two different movies. I'll tell you that. That was all the way up to the midpoint was one movie. And then midpoint on was the second movie. Uh, but but it, it's strong. You know, it was strong. You know, there, there's, you know, if it's not your thing, it's not your thing. Look into it and see if it is. But it's streaming on HBO Max. So um, I'm reading all kinds of stuff. If you can call listening to audiobooks reading, I do. I count it. Um, I'm reading right now J- Ray Bradbury's Something Wicked This Way Comes, which I remember from a Disney movie of the same name. And it is about a... Uh, a wicked carnival that comes into a small town and it follows these two young boys as they go and experience the terrors of, of all this. So I, I uh, mostly listen to sci-fi stuff and then non uh, nonfiction books, but I got kind of got sick of, of sci-fi uh, I listened to Asimov's Foundation. I listened to uh, oh some other ones, and and it just uh, Echo Wife. Uh, and I, I I realized I wanted more action and suspense, and so I thought you know scary books might work for that, you know. And so that's when I went with something wicked this way comes because I kind of know what I'm getting from Ray Brad- Bradbury and stuff like that. Uh, cause I don't want dirty books and sometimes scary and dirty are in the same category. And I don't, I don't, you know, that's not my thing. I like scary stuff, not dirty stuff. So anyway, um, I've also been listening to the Gulag Archipelago, um, by Alexander Slotskin. He's Russian. Okay. And he has a very long last name. That's hard to say. Um, it, it was a book that I found out about. It's in three volumes. It's absolutely huge. And I am listening to the abridged version and it is 23 hours long. Um, but if, if you've heard about the Holocaust, obviously you have in the horrors of the Holocaust, this book is the revelation of what was going on in Stalin's Russia. 67 million people in their own, their own citizens died underneath his watchful eye. And this is the the story of that. They go from arrests to transportation to, uh, the, the, the uh, being, um, instigated, no interrogated, uh, transported, to the to the concentration camps that's where i'm at now and it is it's something i only listen to during the day um when i'm awake and, and up because it is it is so heavy uh it, it, it's horrible it's horrible i i had no idea that socialism was so bad um because on paper if you're if you're really honest socialism sounds like uh, almost a christian idea you know, let's, let's get together and share what we need and, and make sure everybody gets what they need. But every time it's put out there in the wild, uh, whether it's Mao China, Mao's China or, or, you know, Stalin's Russia, uh, or, or North Korea, 
or whatever dictatorships and all this stuff. It's, it's just terrible. It's horrible. And people die. It's very dangerous to be socialist. So, um, anyway, I, I wanted to read it because I wanted to know why I stood for what I stand for. And I'm not the biggest fan of capitalism ever because it's got its problems. You know, America after all is an experiment, isn't it? Uh, I've heard it referred to as that. Um, but people seem lately to lean towards socialism as the solution. And I'm going to tell you right now, it's not, um, I don't know what is, uh, you know, because capitalism, if you leave it to itself, it does seem like just rich people just get richer and, um, and pretty soon they have all the money and there's nothing left for anybody else. That seems that's, you know, in the extreme case. Um, so I believe there's a solution for that. I just don't, I know it's not socialism. It's not the extreme opposite. America is an experiment. And so I think the solution is going to have to be experimental. Um, you know, if, if there's even a problem at all, I, I don't know. I don't know. But uh, anyway, so Gulag Archipelago is heavy reading, but I highly suggest you at least read the first part of it. Just just the, the concept of being arrested. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. It just sends chills and terror into my spine. Um, but I've been listening to a lot of books lately. I just finished The Diary of Anne Frank. I said it that way because the actual title is Diary of a Young Girl. And when you say you read a diary of a young girl, that sounds pervy. But the Diary of Anne Frank sounds, you know, that sounds good. And I read it. And um, it was it was very good. And that one made me cry, too, because there's a part in there where she's talking about wanting to write something that would last beyond her. And how one day she hoped that she would do this and it would be something that would change lives and, and all this. And, and I just like, sweetie, you're doing it right now with the very words you're writing, you're doing that thing that you never thought you'd do. And, and it hit me and it, and it just like James with all you're going through and you're at your job and, and, and the depression and the struggle and the stress, and you feel like you're failing and you're not reaching are you somehow maybe would will you look back on this time and say you know you were succeeding you were doing exactly what you were supposed to do it led to some good things and and i don't know i don't know if that's true or not but uh but it it hit me man it hit me it maybe 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 something like that could be true for me too just like it was for Anne. So, uh, I've also read crime and punishment by Dostoevsky. Yeah. And that was a long one, but it was good. It was really good. I missed it when it was over. Um, but I want to read big books, big, important books. And, uh, so that's what I've been doing anyway. I think it's time for me to go. Thank you for listening to my goofy little podcast. If you feel like it, reach out. James at NLCast.com is the email address. Uh, you can also call in if you want to. Um, I don't remember the phone number. 
two two nine five NL cast. It was the old one. Um, so you could use that one or call eight three three five five story. That's eight three three five five seven eight six seven nine. Uh, if you want to leave a voice message, or you can record a message and send it to James at NLcast.com. Uh, I'll see you guys next time, and thanks for listening. Bye.